Welcome to NARPM Radio, your source for property management practices and ideas to help your career, delivered to fit your busy schedule. NARPM Radio, get tuned in. This is John Broadway. I'm an attorney and legislative advisor for NARPM. Today I am talking with Allison DeSaro of Seacoast Commerce Bank about property management, banking, and trust accounts. So to start off, Allison, can you give us an overview of the differences between normal business banking and property management banking, and what are some of the rules that property managers need to adhere to different from other companies? Sure. Well, thank you for having me. So first off, the difference between normal business banking and property management banking is essentially with normal business banking, you're just operating with your own money. So you have your own expenses, your own checks that you write, but essentially the money is all yours. So you, you know, you of course want to follow certain guidelines, but you can really structure it however you like. You can structure into different accounts. Maybe that's payroll, maintenance, operating. It's up to you. And there is not much protection on those accounts besides the standard FDIC insurance, of course, which is $250,000 per beneficiary. Now, with property management companies, property management companies, while they still have their own business operating accounts, they also have this set of money, usually significant amounts of money, which should be held in trust, which essentially means that the property manager or broker, whomever is in charge, is is acting as fiduciary for those funds. Now, those funds have to be treated a little bit differently at the bank. They have to be protected from for instance, governing entity liens, lack of FDIC insurance. They also have to be structured a very specific way at the bank so that the bank can underwrite the accounts so that these trust accounts are basically their own entity. And that really comes down to the bank account setup itself. So to answer the question of why property management companies actually need trust accounts is because those funds don't belong to them. So if you're managing money that does not belong to you, you have to protect it from any outside risks that may happen to your company. Even though it's under your banking relationship at the bank, it still needs to be treated as its own separate entity, which is confusing to banks because it's typically under the property management company's tax ID number. But again, if the trust account is set up correctly, then it's essentially its own entity at the bank, even though it shares the same tax ID number as the property management business account. Right, exactly. All right, well, what do property managers need to know to make sure their bank is setting up their account properly? The very first thing I would do is reach out to the bank and ask about a couple things. I would ask about FDIC insurance. So if a trust account is set up correctly, and whether that be one trust account, multiple trust accounts. Some companies separate their operating trust, which is their rents and property expenses, into one trust account. And then some companies separate them into separate the other security deposits into a security deposit trust account. I would first reach out to the bank and ask about FDIC insurance because what again, between all of those trust accounts, each trust account should be insured up to $250,000 per beneficiary, meaning tenant or landlord. If the bank responds and says that, no, the company's tax ID number in total at the bank only has $250,000 insurance, then they are likely already, it's likely already a red flag that they are not in a true trust account. 
Now, a couple things to look out for, you know, after talking to your bank, even if your bank says that, it, you know, all, all is good, or if you want to do this before you talk to your bank, I would suggest looking at the signature cards, not the statements. The statements, you can add any type of nickname you like. I would look at the signature cards and confirm that on the legal name of business part of this of the signature card that is the most important part that it not only has their corporation or their llc their entity name but it also says as trustee trust account whether that be nicknamed client trust account or rental trust account the designation has to be there on the legal business name of the signature cards also if you do not have multiple signature cards and you just have one signature card for all of your trust accounts, as well as your operating account, your business operating account, or let's say maybe your payroll account, then that is usually a red flag as well, because these accounts have to be set up as their own entity, which means that each entity needs to have its own signature card. Well, I see. This can get a little complicated for some property managers or for anyone in general. And so I, I think that we do have to be very careful about adhering to all the rules that may go with that. And you're mentioning the FDIC uh, reminds me that there are certain federal rules and regulations regarding trust accounts. Are there some other aspects of that that, that we should remind people of? Well, I will say just to make note of based off something you just said that, you know, I always try to push forward the fact to customers that even if their state has specific rules on how to set up a trust account, or if you have been through an audit with your state and your auditor looked at the accounts and thought that, you know, the, the word trust account was on there, so it looked good. That does not necessarily mean that you have the true federal compliance that you need for a trust account. So beyond just the FDIC insurance, there's also risks such as governing entity liens. So let's say, for instance, that account was really not set up correctly, and maybe you went through an audit and the auditor saw the correct verbiage, so they, they thought that it was set up. If that account is still not set up correctly and there is a governing entity lien or lawsuit, a, a judgment against your corporate tax ID number, if those accounts are not truly set up as trust, then those funds could be frozen as well when the bank has to freeze assets based off of the order. And so even though you might pass a state audit, that does not necessarily mean you're in compliance with all the the rules and regs that the federal government may have. So again, that's something that we have to be very careful about. Right. And, and that's essentially what I focus on as a banker. I focus more on the federal rules, not necessarily each state rule. I always say if you're set up on the federal level, you will pass an audit with flying colors, at least in regards to whether or not you have a trust account. But nicknames on statements do not provide a trust account protection, and you need to ensure that those funds are truly set up correctly. If, you know, for instance, let's say, for instance, those funds were frozen, or let's say, you know, God forbid, your bank did go under and those funds were not insured, the Department of Real Estate, whether they told you a dozen times that it looked like a trust account or not, the Department of Real Estate cannot save you from those consequences. 
But in your experience in dealing with property managers, are some, there are some other common mistakes that people make in, just in oversight and in, in other ways which might get them into trouble in one way or another? Yes. So I will say, first and foremost, whether their bank is actually setting it up correctly or not, a very common misconception between uh, around the industry that I see a lot is, for instance, a company may separate their trust accounts and their rents. So they should essentially have, you know, if they're just having pool, each category pooled, then they should essentially have two trust accounts. But what I've been seeing a lot in the last few years is a lot of companies, especially in certain regions, are only attempting to set up the security deposit account as a trust. They are not even concerned about, even if it were a nickname, they're not even concerned about protecting that off what they refer to as their operating account, which is the rent, you know, the operating expenses and the rents for the property. They're not really concerned about setting that up as a trust account. I think maybe the misconception comes from people assuming that, well, the, the money's only there for a short period of time, whereas security deposits stay there for a significant amount of time. Now, I always like to tell people when I see that, that no matter what, that those funds, they don't belong to you. So even if they're only in your account for two days or three days, if something happened between that three-day period, and usually they are there for longer, but if, if something were to happen, like those risks that I mentioned before, within that three-day period, then they, they, those funds aren't protected. Um, again, essentially, the bank may not be setting them up correctly to begin with, but the customer, even if the bank had the ability to set it up right, the customer is just under the assumption that you know, they have to only protect the security deposit as trust funds. Well, are there some other, uh, other areas that property managers need to be considerate of as far as banking issues? You've discussed, of course, the, the distinction in trust accounts for property managers and just regular banking. Um, but I'm, I'm wondering if, if again, in, in your experience in dealing with property managers, there's anything else which they need to be cognizant of. I can only speak to when it comes to setting up the trust accounts itself. So if you're going to be working with your banker and, and, and you know, making sure that you have the peace of mind, that these accounts are set up right, then I would look back and see if you've ever disclosed beneficiary information. So your banker must have beneficiary information in order to know that there, there may be 200 owners within that account who should be receiving $250,000 per beneficiary. So I would look back on that, see if you've ever given up beneficiary information. I think it's just really important that they, you know, these aren't necessarily common mistakes, but things that they can do to get themselves compliant. And like I said, I would reach out to the banker, ask about the FDIC insurance on those specific accounts, no other accounts except for their trust accounts. I would also mention to the banker something called pass-through insurance. So pass-through insurance is this FDIC insurance rule that allows fiduciary held accounts to receive the same type of insurance as if this were, for instance, your family trust account. So each beneficiary, the common FDIC rule for trust accounts for, let's say, for instance, your family estate, is that each beneficiary has $250,000 of insurance. So trust accounts on the property management side should get that 
protection as well. So I would focus on that with your banker. Again, like I mentioned, the keyword here is pass-through insurance. And I would also ask them specific questions about whether or not their funds, those specific trust accounts are you know, vulnerable for liens or frozen assets being frozen due to a judgment, for instance. And if the banker cannot, essentially you have to put it in your banker's hands, but you have to tell them what you're looking for because they don't necessarily know the industry well. So I would have the banker get back to you on all of that. If the information is not as you see fit, I would, I would essentially look for another bank, to be honest, somebody who, who knows how to set up these accounts well. I think that's exactly right. Most banks would probably understand the distinctions that need to be made, but you as a property manager certainly want to be sure that they do. And so I, I think that you do have a responsibility to make sure that the banker understands exactly what your needs are in this respect. Right. You know, a lot of bankers, for instance, John, I'm sure you're familiar with IOLTA accounts. A lot of bankers know how to set up IOLTA accounts for attorneys, for their trust accounts. And the same type of protection applies. But unfortunately, a lot of banks don't understand the property management industry. So they don't know what they're initially setting up. But if you work with your banker and mention just a few of these key questions, it's not a lot. And maybe also mention that these accounts are very similar to IOLTA accounts then you can give your banker the opportunity to correct it. If they're still lost, of course, then maybe you need to make some changes. But I do think that kind of guiding them into what they need to be looking for, again, pass-through insurance, IOLTA accounts, then I think that that's a good, a, a good set of you know, guiding principles for them to look over and review. Sure. Well, I think you have provided some great pointers for property managers to consider and think about and be sure that they are, are doing things the way that they should be done. Uh, do you have any other advice that we should pass along to our members today? I could talk about this for days, but uh, to get into specifics about everything, but I will say just in the interest of time, I will say that my, my key points are to just get ahead of it. A lot of people think that these scenarios won't happen to them. I know some very sophisticated companies that these have happened to. So it doesn't necessarily characterize you by any means if this happens, especially property management is a very lawsuit sensitive industry. FDIC insurance, especially in this you know ongoing climate that we're in, you don't know what could happen to your bank and you could be vulnerable to that. So it's just all about protecting your clients, which of course is going to protect your business, which of course protects your livelihood. So I would say get in front of it. There are many resources out there between, of course, ourselves. Um, there are many consultants out there who maybe used to work for Department of Real Estate in some states who can help at least get the principles down. And then you can also verify with, with your chief compliance officer at your bank to work with the FDIC and ensure that they have it set up correctly. All right, very good. Well, you have provided great advice for us, and I do want to thank you for that. We may have some other similar topics to discuss in the future. But for now, I just want to say thank you again, and we do appreciate your time. Thank you. Thanks for listening to NARPM Radio. For more details on today's subject, refer to the show notes or visit narpm.org. 
subscribe to NARPM Radio through iTunes or Podbean, and get alerted to new recordings. We'll see you next time on NARPM Radio.